Hi, Gary Stone from Sharewell Systems here. Sure, you may be trading stocks, ETFs, CFDs, futures, or even cryptos and FX, but how do you invest the money that really counts, including your retirement savings? Do you do it yourself, or do you feel you lack the strategies and confidence and have instead entrusted your retirement to a managed fund or financial advisor, or to somebody else to grow and protect your biggest investment? Go to sharewellsystems.com and download a case study that dissects a real money portfolio, which has achieved a return of double the ASX 200 accumulation index since January 2016. Sharewell Systems is proudly powering the spotty Your Call Hour right here on Ticker. Welcome once again to a new spotty week and new spotty month. Uh, streaming to you live from Melbourne town here at the Ticker News Studios in glamorous Richmond. And yes, us Melbournians are glad to see the back of summer. Why? Because we actually didn't have one. So, and it can only go up from here. But nonetheless, that's okay. Uh, we're going to shine the spotlight on your shares and answer your questions live on air. I mean, we just want to be inside anyway. Uh, how do you uh, ask your questions? Of course, Dexter's had a good restful weekend and uh, no one tried to ring in, which was great. So the number's 0480-079-089. Or you can email us, question at spotty.com.au. You will see those details appear at the bottom of the screen, though, throughout the show, as you know. But remember, put it in your smartphone. It makes it easier when you've got that to itch that needs to be scratched. All right, let's bring in today's Chief Spotters, starting with Stuart Bromley from Medallion Financial Group. G'day, Stuart. How are you doing? Very good, Elio. Great to be back. Excellent. Well, you're otherwise known as the spoke of the wheel that turns the millionaire's factory there at Medallion. So why don't you give us a little bit of background in regards to your day role, daily role, how you help clients, and then the broader Medallion Financial Group, how uh, as a collective uh, you've been helping investors through this uh, pretty profitable time. Yeah, exactly. So look, uh, I'm one of the advisors here. I've been at Medallion for almost four years now. Uh, we focus really on the ASX 300. Uh, we also we really look to look at portfolios. A lot of investors have a portfolio that's either lost strategy, lost focus. We look to bring that back for people uh, and see if we can turn things around, make sure they're in the right sectors. Uh, we do start with a top-down approach, find the best uh, best sectors we believe in the economy and then drill down on fundamentals and find the stocks within those sectors that we think can do quite well. And you're also very generous in the information you provide. So go to Medallion Financial, that's medallionfinancial.com.au uh, to sign up to their little newsletter there, get that sent to your inbox and see whether you uh, like the cut of their jib um, and the way they go about investing. Uh, next, though, we do have our resident uh, market wave rider. It's uh, David Hunt from the Profit Hunters Group. G'day, David. How are you doing? Yeah, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. And you? Yeah, oh, very well, very well. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll ask you, are you having fun yet? And when you answer that, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you help clients every oh. single day <laughs> and also, you know, that great business you built there at Profit Owners. Okay. So what I, yeah, basically am I having fun? Yeah, we had fun. I, I managed to actually forecast the week that Bitcoin should hit hit its top and then have a good collapse. And that was the 19th, the week of the 19th of February. So we're looking for, looking for that. That was, that was really fun to watch because we it had some, very nice trades on the way up and basically taken our profit and watched it collapse. So we're, we're waiting for another couple of weeks to see when we can buy back in probably another 
around about the $32,000 mark for, for Bitcoin. So pretty happy to see all the manipulators like Elon Musk getting involved, telling us to buy Bitcoin before it, uh, where he'd bought 800 million of it before and then and just pumping it up. I love the way Elon works and uh, it's awesome. He is really a good guy to follow and to do the opposite of once everybody follows him. Uh, so best thing to do is uh, for me in terms of the world, I trade cryptocurrencies, commodities, foreign exchange, ASX uh, shares and dominant of my uh, subscribers and clients are ASX ASX uh, traders, yeah. uh, very active traders, um, some brilliant traders in my in my group, and um, it's I'm privileged to actually have them listen to me. Uh, they unbelievably good traders, a couple of them, and uh, a couple of couple of people who trade grains, uh, grain commodity commodity advisors as well, commodity companies. So I cover a broad spectrum from long term to short term, using cycles a bit of uh, economics and fundamentals that I've learned over the years since my early early days as a, a master of commerce person and my uh, and also my technical analysis and trading and human psychology and watch when the scammers are around and we take advantage of that uh, I love to watch the great manipulators Goldman Sachs those sort of people uh, if uh, I love to do uh, I love to do watch their signals because they give some very subtle signals those people when they make their public announcements and I and uh, over the years I've learned how to actually trade off their work and it's not in the way that you would think so no, that's well, what I do. no and uh, definitely your service isn't the way that you would think and I'd encourage you to go to profithunters.com.au to learn more about the services David provides he runs regular webinars we can gain his insights uh, at a moment and yeah in regards to the elon uh, trade you know what the actors may change but the plot remains the same just go fade on the big money and somehow it always works but we're ready send in your questions right now currently as we go to where the market well bond yields what are they who cares yes you're right who does care markets up all ordinaries up 1.26 percent the xjo up 1.47 percent so it's the big caps doing much of the heavy lifting today let's go into the market news and yes being the first of march reporting season is now over for another six months and as always there was a lot to take away um yeah that is except job keeper payments uh, because most companies gave them back unless you're jerry harvey of course good day jerry hope you're watching um look stuart what was your big takeaway from the reporting season i mean there were a lot of underlying themes uh, for us as fundamental analysts um you know what, what do you think were the key one or two points that you know will govern where markets are likely to head for the next six months? Yeah, well, overall, we saw uh, as of week three, at least, where we've sort of, that's where we're up to and how we're getting through them. But we've seen far more beats than misses, mm. uh, far more broker upgrades than downgrades, good cash balances. So companies have come through fairly well. Uh, we do need to take into account, though, that the bar was set quite low, I think, going into this because there was so much uncertainty around COVID. Uh, no one wanted to overcommit to anything. But overall, it's looking pretty good. Uh, we have seen some of the COVID winner sections that, that did well for tech and healthcare through that period. They've started to come off the boil now uh, and looking towards some of the you know, cyclical stocks, some of the lower PE companies may come into favour. Uh, not related to reporting, but uh, we did see those bond yields also putting mm. pressure on some of the high PE stocks. And that's something we're watching very closely at the moment because, uh, you know, as they rise, it does bring those valuation expectations down for some of the really high growth businesses that have run so hard. 
Yeah, but that's okay. It was down 22 basis points on open this morning. So don't stress, mate. Go long. Uh, no worries about bond yields there. Um, also, in co other corporate news, Genworth Mortgage Insurance Australia has informed the market that its major shareholder, Genworth Financial Inc., will be selling out of its 52% uh, ownership that it has in the company, um, using the robust property market as an elegant exit, perhaps, after what had been a tumultuous time for the business. Uh, the sale is underwritten, so unlikely to have a major impact on the price, though it is down today, I notice, um, over 7%. Probably one of those contrarian signals that David talked about, maybe them getting out, might be the fact that property boom could still keep going on. But David, I'll bring you in on this next one, though. Austal, ASB, the shipbuilder. Um, it's been awarded yep. another $295 million contract by the United States Navy to build a fast vessel uh, transport vehicle, something it's built for, I think, 12 or 15 of them um, before. Now, they've been on a steady flow of news flow of contracts. So even during COVID, they had been winning contracts. But when you look at its price, it had been languishing for quite some time. Now, on the back of this news this morning and the general market positivity, the stock is up 6.3%. So, David, just your view in regards to where this price sits in its own cycle. is Has a bottom now been set given this rise here or is there another level that you'd want to see confirmation of before you could say, yeah, long-suffering shareholders or recent-suffering shareholders may now be in for a bit of a reprieve? The wonderful thing is that it had a big washout and it knocked out the low from back from March last year. And there are not many stocks on their lows from the low last year in March. So this is a this is a, an interesting one. It's got actually when I do the beautiful ABC pattern, so it's got a pretty well the right sort of pattern with almost waiver quality on the ABC down from the high in November. So this is something I look for plus a capitulation. Somebody big had a good vomit uh, last week, and now some good news has come out that the market's accepting. Uh, so we're looking for two dollars and seventy cents. To, 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 to the $3.13 area. Really, I'd like to, I'd be keener to be a buyer now just up to $2.70, take profit at $2.70. If it can get through there, I'll buy more and, and, and re enter. Uh, so, probably about the $2.80 area, looking for $3.13. And if it can get through $3.30, look for $3.84. So, the pattern is good. The volume is is kind of kicking in a little bit positive on the daily charts and whoever vomited it up and it looks like a very big player vomited up you'd want to change look at the substantial shareholding uh, notices for who that was um, you want to I want to see some bigger volume but the vomit uh, is capitulation and so it's a it's a nice one for a normal retracement then if it can get some more steam up above that retracement area then I get very interested in that at present at present, really, um, at present, it's kind of got a little bit of a high at two dollars and sixty cents. So, shorter term, if you're just trading it, uh, stop loss at two dollars and forty cents, uh, takes a little bit of profit at two dollars and sixty cents, keeps something in the bag for two dollars and seventy cents profit take. Well, yeah. the bag's already full, according to you, David. Given someone vomited in it, but that's all right. Let's uh, continue <laughs> with the theme because I now need to answer everyone's questions. Uh, reminder, though, that all the information in today's show is of a general nature only. None of it takes into account your objectives, financial situations or needs. And therefore, should you require um, any uh, further discussion with it, then you need to find an advisor that's licensed to have that discussion with you. 
Also remember our guests do hold interest in shares. Um, some of them we do get to talk about on air. We try to remember um, to disclose when we do hold an interest in them, but in the cut and thrust of stock discussion, sometimes we forget. So by all means, feel free to contact uh, any of us directly, and we'll be more than happy to uh, clarify our position of any holding in any stock. Though with um, David, that can change by the minute. So good luck trying to nail him down there. Um, <laughs> and Spotty's proud to be powered by our great sponsors at ShareWealth Systems. So go to sharewealthsystems.com to learn how they've helped Australian investors outperform by giving them an edge over others. So why don't you become the tortoise and win the race of investing life? Go to sharewealthsystems.com to learn how they've helped thousands of investors over the last 25 years. All right then, gentlemen. Um, Tony, uh, first uh, long-time, first-time questioner, Stuart, has asked us about Bluescope, code BSL, for those playing along at home. He was interested in it because he doesn't know what to make of the result. Um, specifically, he was saying that uh, he saw, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of percent of profit rise, but the dividend was flat. <laughs> and he's sort of trying to marry up how such good business conditions weren't matched by necessarily a dividend increase. But notwithstanding that, Stuart, it is one of the big guys on our exchange. Um, what's the uh, house view in regards to BSL after their report? Yeah, so look, these guys reported generally in line with uh, pre-provided guidance anyway, so there's no huge surprises. Uh, their net profit was up very nicely. Uh, the tailwinds remain in the space. There sh should be you know, good times ahead for steel production. The only thing with these is they management did come out and mention uh, was their only concern raised by them. If, if the rapid rises in steel prices continue to happen, uh, it may see some parts of the business sort of see demand fall away for those areas. Mm -hmm. So that said, a lot of the major brokers have upgraded. Uh, so the likes of Macquarie, JP Morgan, Credit Suisse, Goldman Sachs, all these guys are backing them. Uh, and, and now it's just a matter of, I think, enjoying the good times while they continue. Uh, we don't hold it for clients, but if I held now, I'd probably continue to hold because management do seem fairly confident with, with what's ahead for them. Uh, it's just a matter of, you want the prices to rise, uh, but you don't necessarily want them to rise to a point where they start knocking out buyers. So for us, not holding myself, but if, if I did have them already, I'd, uh, I think I'd be happy to continue holding them while the space looks quite strong at the moment. All right, so look, David, I mean, I don't know, a little personal story for everyone. Bluescope's one of those stocks that I've held a number of times in the past, and it's always, always cost me money. Every time the thing looks great, it falls. And then every time it looks like it's going to go broke, it goes up. It, it, it's, I've just given up on it now. It's actually not a stock I hold because I just can't pick it. And sometimes you just got to pick those stocks and identify them and then walk away. There's another 2,000 odd. So, David, what would you make of that price action at the moment? Plenty of liquidity, of course. So, uh, you know, traders would be interested in this, provided it could uh, break out of this bit of the sideways uh, range it's sort of been uh, stuck in. I'm, I'm going to go back to your comment just then. The, uh, there's a law of vibration, and certain people vibrate to different things. For example, I like calling gold stocks, but I prefer trading silver. Uh, I also have NST, for example. Uh, NST, I can't do a thing right with that. So, but I can trade silver like like a like a demon, uh, degray like a demon. So, you know, it's kind of what 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 suits you. And we got all yeah. all got of our internal vibration. So, knowing that is 
a key, self-knowledge is a key to wealth. Yeah. For me, $20.59 is the target. I think it'll get up there. Uh, Elio, if you're buying it, buying it up there, let me know and uh, we'll work something out, okay? <laughs> if you feel compelled to buy, ring me up and I'll slap you, okay? <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Just give you a Thank bit you. of therapy. <laughs> okay. But, but on um, the downside, yeah, though, I, I mean, let, let's loss, face it, it wasn't our standing Stop loss, fourteen sixty. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much. All right, then, Um, Stuart, I'll go to you with another stock. It comes from one of our great supporters, Peter. Thank you very much, Peter, for your question. Um, And the great thing is he actually um, writes the script for me, so I don't actually have to do any research on it. Thank you. Um, The company in question is Newix Limited, NXL, um, or as Ron Shamgar liked to affectionately know it as the latest addition to the Wank stocks. But anyway, I'll uh, leave that alone. Um, it was listed quite recently at the end of the year. Um, obviously, um, you know, it's, it came out with a big statement. It was uh, going to be the biggest of the security guys. Um, the price, though, it fell something on the open. Um, well, sorry, on Friday it fell quite aggressively. It fell some 32-odd um, percent on the back of their report. The main thing that people were upset about, of course, was that they came in below um, their prospectus target with many people saying, well, how couldn't you know what it would be given you launched so close to date anyway? I won't go into too much of the detail with regards to what he writes, but essentially what he's saying is that at the core of this, notwithstanding it might have been priced wrong, is that it's still a good business. You know, still generating strong revenues. EBITDA is quite strong. And notwithstanding that, you know, they're saying the the hit this period, they do expect them to hit, do expect to hit prospectus targets because everything's weighted to the second period, et cetera, et cetera. So who's right? Is the market right, Stuart? Or, you know, is uh, the company right? Do you think this could be a, a bit of a value play um, at the moment? Not necessarily for Peter, just in general, of course, we keep these uh, comments general. But do you think this might be a bit of a, a value play given that a bit of heat's now being, or further heat, has been taken out of the price? Yeah, well, look, we'd, we'd personally, uh, I'd personally rather see those revenues pick back up. So the issue was their revenues declined 4%, uh, which is not a great thing straight after you float. So they were the one who most talked about floats. I had clients calling in asking about it because it was in all the news. Uh, for us, just so everyone knows what they actually do, they transfer data into actionable intelligence uh, in a digital world. And, and as uh, you know, converting software, their software converts this messy data into usable information. Uh, so then if this company comes on, they're not a new business, by the way, they've got a thousand customers in 78 countries, uh, likes of Amazon, Amex, CBA, Samsung, they're all big name customers. Uh, it's just that this decline in revenue potentially does give you a buying opportunity if that's what you're looking for, that type of business. For us, I'd be waiting to see and let that revenue pick back up. But the tailwinds of uh, growth in data uh, and regulatory compliance are definitely there for the space. So uh, if if you've been watching this business and and waiting for your chance to buy, well, maybe now if they do have a strong second half, it could be a decent time to consider. I'm not buying for clients yet, and I'd rather see those revenues start to build again. But like like your uh, viewers mentioned, I think this sort of pullback could be worth considering if that's the sort of business you're after. Yeah, uh, look, suffice to say that it does look a little bit more attractive at these levels than what it did um, prior because, you know, stating the obvious is my other second day job. Um, But, uh, look, it is a real operating business. So I think further analysis of the numbers, see a few more broker reports also come out. It'll be interesting to see what um, what that comes out as. 
I won't bother you with that one so much, um, David, if you don't mind, but another one that young Anthony's asked about. Um, it's one that has appeared on this program before. It's BetMakers, code B-E-T. Um, he basically wants, this, uh, wants our view in regards to where we see the price going. Uh, with, you know, the progress they've made so far, they've made some pretty solid gains in regards to price. Um, and it's been retracing since the $1.06 level. And obviously, he's getting a little bit of an itchy finger wondering what he should do uh, next. And again, Anthony, we can't tell you specifically what to do, but I've got the man for the job in regards to where this stock sits in its current cycle. Take it away, David. Okay, bet makers. Uh, bet makers, I, I, I have a strong belief you always buy um, things of addiction, stocks that provide addiction and that are basically things that you morally wouldn't invest in, uh, but they are also licensed to steal off you. I'm not sure about its licensing, but this is uh, this has got a good pattern on it. Uh, at the moment, it's come back. It's retesting the old tops, which is sitting around about that 80 cents area. I think the low uh, last week was 82 cents. So around here, it's kind of worthwhile getting in with the crooks, uh, getting in bed with some crooks. Stop loss should be below 68 cents. Uh, the trend is up, looking for $1.32 on the top side. And I have three le three numbers to give you on the former stock, which I can't remember the name of, $5.92. On the next decline, buy that there, put a stop loss at uh, $5.50. As an investor, you may get a surprise to the upside. It does look good to me on a few details. For, uh, what, what was the name of the stock that you were just covering? UX. Yeah. NXL. Yeah, okay. yeah, NXL. Thank you. No, that's all right. I no, can look, remember the number, not the name. Yeah, no, go. So, Stuart, just in regards to um, Bet, I mean, obviously they've made that acquisition. They're wanting to now be a fully integrated guy, not just the technology back engine. But suffice to say, there's been strong demand for its services. Is this just a healthy bit of a pullback after some over-exuberance? Or, you know, are you still a little wary and want a little bit more uh, evidence in it? Uh Personally, we'd be happy to, to consider buying this one. I hold yep. for a lot of clients. Uh, it's really interesting business. So they're a wholesale provider of uh, racing data and fixed odds software. So their clients include all the big names, Sportsbet, Bet365, Ladbrokes, William Hill, Tabcorp, PointsBet, you name it, they're, yep. uh, they're a client. Uh, and that, that really lets all of those bookmakers significantly reduce their costs if they can have a fixed, uh, fixed odds set up with their business they can then reduce the amount of traders they've got. The three key positives with this business, first one is their acquisition of Sportex, tote and digital business. So that gives them exposure into that growing US market. Uh, the second is an exclusive agreement in New Jersey uh, for the fixed, uh, fixed odds racing there, fixed odds betting. And the third, the biggest news for these guys is Matt Tripp has invested 25 million into them. Now, anyone who doesn't know Matt Tripp, he was behind uh, Sportsbet and uh, Bet Easy. He's turned those companies into powerhouse businesses. He's a very hands-on investor. So when someone like that invests 25 million, very recently, by the way, uh, he wouldn't invest if he didn't think there were some very exciting prospects for a business like Betmakers. So if he can take his knowledge uh, and contacts in the industry uh, to then take you know, Betmakers to the next level, uh, it's a very exciting prospect. So if you're using the technicals like we've, we've heard, uh, I think if you use those to pick your time to get in, as a business, we really do like the business and their prospects looking ahead. So for me, any weakness, I'd be happy to take a position. Uh, and uh, I really do like the business and their prospects. 
And it's a stock I hold as well. And uh, yes, uh, much again, you've got to give some back, but uh, definitely made quite a bit on it. Uh, we're about halfway in, gentlemen, so get yourself a glass of water. Remember, folks, question at spotty.com.au or text us 0480-079-089. You can watch past episodes of the program on the website, of course, spotty.com.au, or download it uh, via your favourite podcast channel. And remember also to take some time to download the Share Wealth Systems White Paper, The 16 Traits of Successful Investing. Now, that special website is 16traits.com. That's 16traits.com to learn the qualities required that you need to be a successful investor as authored by our great friend Gary Stone, such as the need to trust yourself to overcome. And let's face it, in the market, the fear of a negative outcome prevents many from participating in this wonderful asset class. To be fair, though, if you're going to attack, uh, attack it haphazardly, well, you know what? You're probably right and you will fail. But if you're armed with a process that you have faith in, belief that you will overcome the fear, then it will happen and it does happen. I mean, I got an email from someone over the weekend telling me that they'd missed out on the whole COVID run or post-COVID run up because um, they were scared about what the market would do. It, it was the wrong question. The question should have been, well, if you know exactly your process about getting in and getting out, then there's no fear no matter what happens, whether the market's up 30%, down 30%, or anywhere in between that. So go to Share Wealth Systems, uh, the new website, 16traits, 16traits.com, to learn these successful traits of successful investors and learn how you can overcome the fear of a negative outcome to ensure you don't miss out. All right then, well, the market currently, as we go to air, continuing on its merry way, relatively similar to where we opened the show, the XAO up 1.4%, the XAO up 1.2%. So uh, I'll go to you for this one, David. It's a stock that we've talked about on a fundamental basis quite a bit on this show, so I won't necessarily get that view. We, you can go back to the website and search it there. But I will be interested in your view in uh, regards to Grange Resources. The code is GRR. It's uh, probably the most talked about stock on this uh, uh, channel, which is why I don't necessarily want to go over it again fundamentals-wise. But price-wise, it was sleeping dormant for what seemed like an eternity. Um, and then all of a sudden, the world discovered that it was one, cheap, two, paying, spitting out cash like you wouldn't believe, and three, the pellets that they had coming out of the Savage Mine in Tasmania were in extremely high demand globally, and they've done incredibly well on the back of that. They've got rid of that um, property development business that they somehow, I don't know why they went into it, but they did. It's gone now. Um, sorry, I just got to get to who the uh, question was from. Julie. Julie just wants to know our view in regards to where price could go from here because we are touching all time, oh, recent highs, of course. Um, you know, it seems a bit of a shock to many long-term holders because we're not used to the price doing this. What sort of level should we be watching from here on in, David? <laughs> Well, you haven't been such a long-term holder because it went to $2.27 in 2007 Correct. after a base down at 2001. So um, $0.77 cents to $0.80 cents and $0.90 cents are all pretty good retracements of the big high at $2.20 down to the teeny-weeny little low at uh, $0.08 cents or $0.8.1 cents in 2014. So. I think this is good. Volume is good. I can't. I can't floor owning that still. Uh, there's there's no drama with that at present. What in the longer term? At the moment, I'd suspect it's probably going to form what I call a fourth wave. This should present itself as being a confusion pattern. Some people were telling you to sell. Most people. Most people will want to. Half the people will want to buy. Half the people will want to sell. And what what we'll see is 
probably a pullback down to about 44 cents. This will be a pickup area. So if you like to pick up, um, have stop loss at 35 cents if you're a investor and a stop loss at 40, probably about 40 cent, 40, 42 cents, that sort of area, 40, yeah, 42 cents on a closing price basis for a more trader, trader type personalities and watch it go to those higher levels. Yeah, it, it, it does have a good, good history. Um, certainly, certainly been one of, uh, I've had a couple of questions from my, uh, my traders and subscribers. Um, oh, by the way, for those people who are charting oriented, um, I'm recording this and you can send me, go to the profithunters.com.au website and use the contact page and I'll send you the charts that I'm looking at mm. today. I can't show it on screen, unfortunately, for some reason with the new changes I've had on the technology. So 77 cents to 92 cents is the right spot okay, for uh, taking profit. Okay, thank you very much for that, David. Uh, Stuart, I'll go to you. Um, question comes from Graham. Unfortunately, you know, if you're going to dance with the devil, sometimes you're going to get your fingers burnt. And the stock in question here is Mesoblast. The code is MSB. Um, he quotes correctly. It's got the words in an audit report that no one wants to read, which is material uncertainty exists that may cast significant doubt on the group's ability to continue as a going concern. His question quite simply is, can they get out of this? Uh, Mesoblast, of course, we know the stem cell research business building a number of novel uh, pharmaceutical drugs, which have had a bit of a checkered history in regards to their acceptance and the like. They've dipped into the well many times for shareholders to keep themselves afloat. They're trying to do it again. Are they going to be successful? Stuart. Well, hopefully they can find some investors. I've got a few clients who bought this. Uh, there was their own decisions. They really wanted to have a piece of it. They'd read about yeah. it. They loved the story. And it is an exciting story. So there's, there's no doubting that. But last year, they ran up 500% uh, from the COVID lows. But they're at a point where... FDA approval on a key product for them was almost priced in and, and expected. Then that got pushed back. And that's where it all started to go pear-shaped for these guys. And they fell away heavily since then. They're now down around 50%. Biggest concern is it costs a lot to develop uh, and, and work through trials and approvals. And that's where they're at as a business. So their recent report, they had 3.5 mil of revenue, uh, but their net cash outflow was $60 million. So they've currently got total cash of 77 mil. So it's not a whole lot there to keep them running. Uh, they're looking to raise $100 million uh, to keep them driving for those approvals. But really, it's very shaky times. Uh, if the cash runs out, they're in big trouble. They need everything to go very smoothly with regards to trials, approvals, everything like that from here on out, or they could be in all sorts of trouble. So I'd definitely be waiting until they start to you know, get some success before I was buying into this. Yeah, no, it'd be a very much a high-risk proposition at the moment. I do want to pivot using one of those COVID terms, David, to a company that young Anthony asks about, Digital Wine Ventures. The code is DW8. Of course, it's the perfect COVID stock, as Stuart liked to uh, look for. Um, one, it's involved in IT. Two, it's involved in booze, and it basically brings the booze to your house. So DW8, <laughs> um, he's asked for a fundamental and technical view, so I'll go to you first in regards to where it sits in the cycle there, um, David. How's it? Um, how's this uh, old darling looking like at the moment? It's good. I was driving past a Dan Murphy's and I actually thought it should be called Dan Andrews. Um, so he, well, he's driven a lot shut, of people to drink that man. I thought they opened 24 <laughs> hours anyway. <so. laughs> um, yeah, the, um, 
it's a good little chart. Now, I don't know what the hell it did before this, before it was DWA. It must looks like it's been backed into something and probably mm. yeah, it's just the messy yes. chart. So it's a little bit horrible in the monthlies. Um, no, I mean, not in terms of price action. Price action is good on the monthlies. There's no question about this. It's just hard to get a reading when the data has been combined with rubbish. The best thing I can tell you is the stop loss at uh, 5.7 cents is good as a medium term player as an investor stop loss at four cents I'd be thinking about where would I be thinking about this is a scientific wild wild ass guess um, probably about the nine cent area is pretty feasible for this and then possibly the 12 cent area volume is good it's come it's done a fourth wave so it's coming out of the right way so I think I think it's good. It's just play it, play it nose by nose. If somebody's, if it was it Daniel, if his Daniel's interested in it, um, get him to email me, and I'll, I'll I'll give him ask. He can ask some stop losses as as he goes along if he's bought into it. I think that's probably the best way. It is good. It could have a, a significant move up towards that nine nine cents, but more likely twelve cents by the way that it's performing. Yeah, uh, Anthony, that's for you, that invitation, by the way, in case Anthony. you got confused there, remembering it is there's lots of stuff going on here. Um, gosh, you see my appearance everywhere. Uh, right, D, uh, but look, <laughs> Dean Taylor, who runs the firm and founded, of course, has got claret running through the veins, uh, definitely of a thicker colour than uh, your normal sort of uh, AB type. So, Stuart, I mean, obviously it's only a minnow, but, geez, is it a stock for the times? It could be. So obviously, it's early stages. What, what I've read about these guys is that uh, they're obviously up at all-time highs, uh, fundamentally not a strong business, hmm. so there's no surprises there. But the growth potential is certainly there for these guys. Uh, the biggest news is they own a company called Wine Depot, and they've partnered with Vivino, who are the world's largest mobile wine app. Uh, they've got around 50 million users worldwide. So if they can get that to fire, there's you know, quite exciting times ahead for them, potentially. So instead of wine needing to be wineries needing to sign up themselves and manage that process themselves, they go via Wine Depot and then onto the app, uh, which is this huge Vivino app. The only issue is just because you're on an app doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get sales <laughs> for all the wineries. So for us, we'd be watching to see the next report and future reports after that to see if uh, moving on to such a big platform actually delivers growth for all the wineries and therefore if someone like Wine Depot who's owned by DW8 if they're taking a clip then uh, that clip could grow quite well so it's exciting times ahead for them absolutely we're not in yet but it'd be one that we'd love to keep an eye on because it seems like a capital light type business mm. you know and uh, something we'd be happy to look at. No, once the they uh, break that uh, profit threshold it'll go straight to bottom line but yes a bit of work uh, before that occurs. Um, David, For just me, to... I'm thinking it might be takeover attempt, that one as well. Just, Ooh, just, there we go, just the way the banks have done that. I, I got, it's got that feel about it. So, Okay, so look, David, just quickly, one of the stocks, uh, Cobalt's been a big theme in a sector basis um, in recent times. Uh, JRV, Jarvis might prefer there, but one that young Williams asked about is Cobalt Blue Holdings. Uh, the code is COB. Um, he's noticed increasing on balance volume. Uh, Williams are uh, definitely crafted in the uh, the trading art, uh, David, so it may very well resonate with you. Um, he Does bought he? on the yep. break of 47 cents on the Thursday. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's just noticed, obviously, the hit on Friday and 
and the subsequent bounce around that we're seeing there. So what sort of key levels would you be able to uh, provide him with just to uh, watch at this point here? He's probably got a shorter okay. time frame, um, if I'll be presumptive there for you, William. Um, so maybe some short-term uh, levels to watch would be uh, useful to him. Okay. What I've got to tell William is something that's more uh, structural. You, If you go back to most trend-following systems, if you're buying the breakout, you have a one-third, a 33% to 40% chance of making money so you've when you buy the breakout especially after it's had a long run what you are doing is you're putting yourself at the, the, the stocks at risk when it makes a new breakout and so it's only got a 60% chance at best of actually following through at that point uh, often we'll get a pullback and in this one you know it's it's not the case it's the, the case so the way to manage that is to have a smaller position on when you do the breakout buys particularly when it's come basically up from 10 cents a year ago or not even you know the end of 2020 it was yeah. down around that 15 cent area so just just be careful when it's had a really good long run so at the moment i'd be looking at for it to come back down to about the 42 cent mark it's still probably going up to I did have that target in front of me here it's still probably going up i think the 60 cents mark it was uh where are we yeah 66 cents is probably probably the right area for it to get back up to so just be aware you might just be in for a little bit of um uh hard in hard in mouth uh issues down to 40 to 42 cents um certainly a lot of professional traders look for that breakout and the short-term ones will sell into it as it breaks out and everybody goes long and then they'll pull it back down get it down everybody when once you've got to the maximum point for the short for the people who've bought the breakout the short-term traders then buy back their shorts and then take it higher so stop loss would be around about that 37 cents if if you're trying to hold into it you've got to look at how much capital you're putting at risk with this particular trade if it's a big position you might want to just move out and sorry this is something i do every every almost about 27 times a day for, for my subscribers um, we might might see it back up to around about that the, about 47 cents that might be kind of if you're a bit nervous about it and you've got too much position on you might get the 47 cent area to, to shave some off a little bit if you can if, if it's too big and then look to re-establish it around that 40 to 42 cents mark with that 35 cent stop loss I hope and, that's good for you and just a reminder William David is recording um, his charts that he's running through today so if you do want to just go to the profithunters.com.au the website there and just put in the little notification request and, yeah, David will send that through. But, uh, Stuart, it's time for you to help us see the light, which is, of course, proudly brought to you all by Macro Capital, who deliver to you market insights, execution services and investment ideas all in the one package. Go to macro, that's M-A-Q-R-O dot com dot A-U to learn more and be sure to tell them where you uh, heard about them. Uh, okay, so Stuart, it's time for you to uh, step up to the plate. You're going first to shine the light on two stocks that we're going to listen attentively to. Uh, consider them uh, in light of our own personal objectives and tolerance to risk, and then be accountable for whatever decision we then make. So uh, what companies uh, do you want to uh, shine the light on there, Stuart? Yeah, so look, the first one plays into the cyclicals and resources theme. So we're looking at uh, Samfire Resources. So the copper price has been soaring, as we know. We've got the tailwinds of electric vehicles. The electric vehicle charging station infrastructure is also there, along with renewables, so wind turbines requiring large amounts of copper. 
and also uh, we've, we've got the, the solar farms as well. So all driving demand in that space, I don't know if an electric vehicle, if, if people weren't aware, requires three to four times more copper than a regular vehicle. I think an electric bus uh, between 15 or 10 and 15 times more, more copper. So there's you know, a lot of uh, demand on the way for this space and it is happening now. We're seeing that price rise a lot. So Oz Minerals is the more obvious copper play that you may have seen out there. It's run very, very hard to all time highs, but we're looking at Sandfire as the alternative. Uh, still 38% off their 2018 highs. Uh, they've got strong profit growth, large projects in the pipeline, and they pay a bit over a 3% dividend as well. So for us, Sandfire Resources, SFRs, one that we're, we're open to for clients. The second company is one I've raised before, uh, Ordinate, AD8 is the code. Mm -hmm. So they enable professional audio visual equipment to move from uh, an analog cable setup to digital. Uh, and obviously it's a much cleaner approach to, to managing that side of things. Uh, they're used in the likes of Sony, Yamaha, Bose. So they've got some big name customers. And the good thing about that is it doesn't matter who the end user actually uses, uh, they're still getting Dante, which is the product owned by Ordinate. Uh, so that's one we do quite like. They're quickly moving to be the stand in the space. Now, the last time I raised them, they were being adopted at eight times the speed of their nearest competitor. That's moved in their most recent report up to 17 times. So when you see them becoming the norm in a space, that's really set to triple, I believe, in the next four years. Uh, I think they're in a very good position and they're a turnaround COVID play as well because uh, as we see sporting stadiums, universities, music festivals, things like that really ramp back up, that should drive demand for their product. So those are the two, Ordinate and Sandfire, that we're happy to look at. Yeah, 88 with a consistent earnings per share upgrade cycle since October, actually. So we're definitely yep. benefiting from that. And yes, the Sandfire using so much copper, they don't know what to do with it. Mind you, though, I can't wait till we bring in the Star Trek days because, uh, yeah, if we're going to use that much more, wait till you get those fancy spaceships using warp speed. We'll probably need 20 yeah. times more <laughs> copper. Um, all right, then, David, time for you to help us see the light on two stocks that we're going to sit there and listen attentively to and then toddle off and do our own research to see if it aligns with our own tolerance to risk and, of course, our investment objectives. Okay, so these are... Uh, if you remember when we, I was interested in bank stocks, I'm now interested in gold stocks. Okay. The price the of unloved. gold has got down to the $1,695 area. Uh, these are unloved and these are making some money. The Aussie dollar has fallen off mm. significantly from the 80 cent area. It's down about uh, two or three cents. So we're starting to see uh, with a falling Aussie dollar, a rising US dollar, which is what a lot of people are not counting on, a lot due to what you were talking about there before, uh, long-term bonds in the US have been collapsing and yields have been going up. Uh, so there's starting to be a real reason to buy US dollars because you're being rewarded for owning those bonds and getting, you know, the 2, 2.4, 2.3% interest uh, on your money at 30 years, which doesn't sound a lot relative to the rest of the time. So those, those, it gives a little bit of strength to the currency. So Aussie dollar and New Zealand dollar have been hit a bit. And so Aussie dollar against gold is giving us some chance. Gold is now down in US dollar terms to close to that big retracement area that I put in my forecast back in uh, December last year and January this year uh, for looking for 1695 US dollars. 
So down here, it's time to have a look at the unloved. Uh, stay away from the banks because everybody else is recommending them. Forget about them. Um, if you were in that on my call down on that low, then well done. Time to bank the cash. And you've also picked up the CBA dividend. So there you go. Um, at the moment, so Remelius has had the, the uh, proverbial kicked out of it. It's been probably the w one of the worst ones. It's now sitting on support. Have a dig here with a small position, one third of your normal position size. Stop loss should be at $1.16 if it cracks, then it'll be down towards that 99 cents for probably a generational buy, I would say. Something you put in the put in the put in the bottom drawer and you give to your grandkids when you pass on. Stop loss should be at uh, 69 cents if you are buying at 99 cents for your grandkids and Remelius. The other side of the equation is a strong gold stock. I have no idea what it, how it does it, but it's been uh, pretty reasonable compared to what most bank, most gold stocks have been doing. At the moment, it's in a weird space because towards $3.15 and $3.25, it David? has, this is ORA, Aurora, Aurora, however you would yeah. say, ORA.ASX, which is spelled O-R-O-R-A. Yeah. I'll need and, to wrap um, that up soon. Sorry, David, because we're coming to the end. So, yeah. uh, yep, the so at this one, buy it dips down to $2.80. That's probably the best area to get in into. Stop loss would be at $2.68. There's something, something special going on with this. Volumes just kicked up hard last month and uh, at least going to $3.15 to $3.25. And that's all we've got time for. Thank you very much on behalf of all of you to Stuart Bromley from Medallion Financial Group and to David Hunt from the Profit Hunters Group. Thank you for your contribution today. Uh, tomorrow, I'll be on the tools again with David Thang from Sequoia Wealth Management. If a question pops into your head, then send it to question at spotty.com.au or text us 0480 uh, We'd uh, love to get your uh, questions on air. Thanks again to our sponsors, Share Wealth Systems. Remember, download the ebook 16trades.com.au. And until tomorrow, I'm Elio D'Amato. You've been watching Spotty, and together we've been shining the spotlight on shares. Ahoy, Captain. Mm -hmm.